With supply chains becoming more complex, you need to stay on top of the latest logistics developments. So if you work with logistics, you need the Beyond the Box podcast from Maersk. It's the easy way to keep up to date with everything from digital disruption and logistics to the need for supply chain resilience in today's market. Find out more and keep ahead of the game with the Beyond the Box podcast on logistics insights at maersk.com slash insights. Welcome to the College Financial Aid and Career Navigation Podcast. Tom and Maria Geffers of Career and College Counselors, along with nationally recognized college financial aid expert Seth Green, teach two things. How to cut the cost of college tuition an average of $19,077 per child per year and how to land your dream job after you graduate by choosing the right career and major. To get access to more information on how you can make the right choice, simply register at www.careercollegecounselors.com connect. To find out how to save an average of $19,077 per year per child on college tuition, go to www.howtofindmoneyforcollege.com. On the podcast, Tom, Maria, and Seth bring together leading experts in their fields who have experience in the college admission and career application process. They share their secrets so you can do it too. And now, here's your hosts, Tom, Maria, and Seth. Hi, everyone, and welcome to another adventure, another adventure in podcasting with, uh, you know, with us from uh, Career and College Counselors. My name is Maria. And I'm Tom Geffers. And uh, the purpose of our podcast is to be a resource for uh, families, parents, and students around the country that could uh, check in on our podcast if it's of interest to them and learn more about that subject. Right. And today's uh, guest is Lindsay Wander, and she's from Worldwide Tutoring. And thank you so much for coming. When I'm sorry, Lindsay, I'm so glad that you're here. Thank you for having me. We're looking for all the great pearls of wisdom today. You know, we always need some of those. When we start, we always ask you to tell us the, who you are, why you're doing it, and your aha moment. Because that like, kind of lets us know what's going on, how you chose to be who you are. Uh, so as you said, I'm Lindsay Wander, and I'm actually the founder and CEO of Worldwise Tutoring. And I also, a year ago, started a nonprofit tutoring company called Educate, Radiate, Elevate. So I'm running both companies right now. And, you know, for me, the reason why I went into education in general, um, not just tutoring, is because I noticed that there were a lot of students that weren't being served by the traditional system. Um, for various reasons. And I wanted to be able to provide them with the supports they needed to fill in those gaps, because I really do come from the belief that all students are capable of learning. And it really is about providing them with the opportunities and, and the um, strategies and resources so that they can learn in a way that works for them. Great, great. And your aha moment. Like when did you um, decide that this is really, especially your nonprofit, because that is definitely an aha moment. Oh, yes. <laughs> so actually, before I started Worldwide Tutoring, which has been 10 years now, I was a um, STEM, a seventh grade STEM teacher in South Central Los Angeles. So I was working with underserved students and our students were scoring higher than the neighbors in Beverly Hills. 
So I knew at that point, my aha was, okay, it's not about necessarily money. It's really about the opportunities that are provided. And I since then have sought out various ways to be able to help the students who are completely capable, but just no, don't necessarily have the funds to afford um, that extra support that they might need. And, you know, with the school closures and with underserved communities being hit in so many ways this past year and a half, plus, you know, there's all these issues of inequities, um, not just in learning, but in terms of mental health and access to education. Um, it just was like, all right, you know, enough is enough. I need to get in there and utilize the experiences and resources and expertise that I've accumulated over the past couple of decades as an educator to be able to um, provide support to those students who are, are most vulnerable. Thank you. The, the company you started and the, the motto you use to educate, radiate and elevate, how do you uh, explain those goals to your clients? And how do you use them for your clients to achieve your, their goals? I really, try to encourage people to look at students, especially holistically. I definitely come from the viewpoint that you cannot educate a child's brain without also thinking about their heart and their mind and their soul. And especially in today's day and age with the youth that we have that are big feelers, they really care and are very aware of what's going on around them. You have to talk about these things and address the anxieties and the stresses and look at things in the bigger picture um, because it's not just about dumping information into their brains anymore. You know, the way the school system was set up during the industrial revolution was all about just memorize and get things done. It's not like that anymore. And our youth are, are not satisfied with the way things have been done. And so I, I encourage people to look at things holistically and to come at it from a student-centered approach to be able to modify things for that student's needs so that they can then carry that toolbox of strategies that they have accumulated with them to different classes, to different years, into their career, into their life. Because really, in my opinion, school is kind of a lesson of life and you learn all about struggles and challenges and resilience and advocacy and creative problem solving. And there's so many things that you can learn. And I would rather they learn that in a school setting when the stakes are low, right. than have to be faced with that later in life and realize they lack those skills. So, you know, we approach it very holistically and really try to help them to become not just better students, but better learners, um, better, you know, citizens, better humans. And it's right. a big task, <laughs> but it is something that we're willing to take on. Right. right. I used to always call it better you hit the wall here in high school yep. where we can pick you up than go out where when you hit the wall, there's no one there. Agreed. Uh, I know you work with your students with uh, resume building. And I want to ask you, how has the resume changed lately, especially in, you know, in light of the COVID situation? Um, so not only do I work with students with resume building, but I also am looking at resumes all day for tutors. And you know, just the first thing when you said, how do they change? I, I, I have noticed they become more visually appealing. There's a lot more graphics in there, a lot more color. So right. that's 
first thing I would think of in terms of it. And I, and I like that. Some people are even including photos of themselves. Um, so it's interesting. But I have noticed that in light of COVID and with the world being shut down, myself as an employer, as well as colleges that are often looking at resumes, are seeking out information about, well, what did you do? <laughs> you know, what did you do during this time when everything was shut down? Did you just stay home and play video games or were you an active agent of change in their right. life, the lives around you? So, you know, whether it means you're taking extra courses um, to improve your knowledge in something or to explore your interests, whether it means you're doing something in your neighborhood or your community or, you know, um, and in the bigger picture, um, maybe with your school, what are you doing during that free time you suddenly had to invoke change um, rather than just doing nothing? <laughs> yes, yes. Well, you know, a long time ago, uh, resumes used to be one page. I mean, that was the rule. One page, say everything you can on that one page. And that it has changed, and you touched on it a little bit about you know being you know graphics and, and such. But what do you recommend uh, as the you know the best length of a resume at this point? Um, again, having looked at resumes, I look at resumes all day. <laughs> this is one of the things I do. I do think it's important to be concise because that is a valuable skill that we do seek in people that we bring on to our team. That you and I always tell my students, you're clear, you're concise, and you're compelling. And so I do think trying to keep it into as short of a format as possible is ideal, but having to stick to that one page, not necessarily. I wouldn't go over two, but I do, I don't mind when the references are on the second page or the achievements are on the second page or things like that. Um, I personally prefer bullet points. I like when things are really quick. When I look at a resume, I got five minutes, if not less, grab my attention. Um, and I know what I'm looking for. So make sure that you're saying the important things that employers are looking for. You know, what, what months and years did you work with this agency? What was your title? What was your duties? Um, I want to know the nitty gritty of everything before I look even deeper into your achievements and your references. You got to grab me from the beginning. So concise, simple, and know what you're talking about. Know, know your audience, which would be your employer. Yes. And if, you, and if you had to tell them one thing, never do, don't ever do this on your resume, uh, what would that be if there is oh one? Um, I have gotten, I actually got one of these today. Um, they sent me the edited, ver the, you know, when you put it on edit and so yes. you can see the comments. Yes. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. I know. And so I was like, oh, so I could see everyone else's input. And I appreciate oh, no. That, that I said, um, can you send me the final version of your resume? So I guess my comment in that is make sure you're sending what you intend to send right. appropriately in your file, um, yes. first and last name and resume, final, something like that. <laughs> I got one today that was a cover letter for another company that they sent to me as their resume. And I was like, okay, um, I need your resume, <laughs> you know, so right. make sure you're sending the right thing. I remember one time, uh, you know, kind of getting a little off. I was involved in interviewing uh, and process of elimination of uh, applications. And I will tell you for a teaching position, someone actually wrote in crayon. <laughs> I, I, am, I am not kidding you. I mean, the superintendent looked at this, said to me, Maria, and I thought, oh, no, 
crayon. It was un, I don't know what it caught our attention, but not in a good way. And that's the thing. Unfortunately, you get judged on things like that, you know? So if there's typos or if you're writing in crayon or sending the wrong thing, what that's telling us is you're, you lack attention to detail and you just don't care. bring someone like that onto my team and it might not be a fair assessment um but that's the message that's being right. delivered right we have five minutes and that was a two minute uh first impression first impressions that's it you're done mm-hmm. now uh are you helping uh people do in-person re- uh interviews at this point or that has not happened since covid or did you do in person how do you how do you advise them to look and dress in this modern world that we're in mm. Good question. Um, so I, they have started some in-person interviews for college applications. They've begun those again. I, you know, definitely as, as fashionable as it is, I would stay away from athleisure wear. Um, you don't need to come in in a three suit necessarily, but I do think, you know, wearing a nice top and nice pants that I guess I would say it's something that you would maybe wear to um, a play or a musical or church or to dinner with your family out, um, like your extended family, photos for holidays, something like that would be good. Because again, it is about the way you present yourself and the message you're delivering is, I thought about my, my appearance when I came to this because I care. Um, rather than I just threw on anything and I just showed up and I'm kind of <laughs> whatever. Right. So we, you do get judged uh, off of your appearance. This is, you know, human nature and you want to not give them any reason to cross off a box for you. Right. I mean, there's a time for creativity and there is a time for a little uniformity. You know, you do want to make sure. And again, as you pointed out, you need to know what is the position that you're, you're applying for. True. You know, if you're applying to IBM, which was a little bit more, you know, stayed rather mm-hmm. than an art school type of thing, you know, totally different dressing, right. uh, you know, and uh, parameters. So that's important. Again, know your audience. Always mm-hmm. need to know your audience. Right. And it might be interesting to add one piece that's memorable. Um, for instance, for females, maybe adding a necklace, that's like kind of a statement necklace or jewelry or for males, you know, a tie or a belt or shoes or, you know, it could really go either way. I shouldn't make that a gender thing, but, you know, something that is memorable that, you know, they will um, kind of link in their brain with you would right. be an interesting way to stand out. Right. Yeah, yeah, that's always good. Do you prepare your students for interviews for um, orally, like run them through the interview process, how to speak, looking at, you know, how to answer the question, who am I and who are you? Do you run through that as well? We do, yes. Um, And we put them, I seek out ways to put them in kind of stressful situations with me as much as I can so that when they are in the stressful situation with the person doing the interview, it's kind of like, eh, I've already been through this. So I don't prepare them the first round. I kind of just hit them. I don't smile. I don't, I take on a whole personality, you know, and then I take notes kind of quietly. And then afterwards I discuss with them my, my feedback and then we try again. Um, so as much as I can get them in that, you know, worst case scenario is what I try 
do so that it unnerves them a little bit, but they work through it. And then now when they are in a situation, either it's going to be easier or they're prepared for the test. Right, right. They know that little bit of an angst that happens mm -hmm. to us all when we're in those situations. Yeah. What was the biggest challenge that you faced? I mean, you have two different uh, businesses, one a nonprofit and then one for profit. So what was the biggest challenge you had uh, starting your world wise tutoring? What was that biggest challenge? Oh, gosh, I had no idea what I was doing <laughs> when I that company I was just a teacher who tutored on the side and you know I just said I'm gonna start a business and man I look back at myself at that time I had no clue I think the biggest challenge was I didn't have anyone to talk to um, for that support and to guide me because I I didn't realize how serious of an undertaking it was um, now, looking back, I have a network of support where I can, because, you know, being an entrepreneur is a lonely world. Sometimes you are to yourself. And so it is important to have people to toss ideas off of, you know, even the name of my nonprofit, you know, being able to you know toss around what does it do you like this? Do you like that? The colors, the logo. When I started my tutoring business, Worldwide Tutoring, I didn't do any of that. <laughs> you know, I was just kind of doing it. Um, so I think that that's my biggest piece of advice to people wanting to start a business to, to know who to ask. Don't ask everyone Right. <laughs> to know who to ask and to take their advice when it aligns with what your underlying mission really is. Mm -hmm. And the biggest challenge starting your, uh, your nonprofit, because that's a totally different, uh, uh, you know, baby, if you will, um, the paperwork and all of that is totally different. So what was the challenge for that? The challenge for that, and I think this is the case with all nonprofits, was the funding. Mm -hmm. I wanted to do everything well and, and legally and correctly, again, because this is a nonprofit. So that costs money for the attorney fees and the filing and making sure everything was done right. And that was a big chunk of cash in the beginning, you know, to, to do that. But um, I know that that's why I am where I am now. And under a year, we're in a position where we're already starting. And a lot of, you know, nonprofits takes a long time to get to that point. And I think it's because I did everything well and made an investment of it. Mm -hmm. It got us to the place we are now. Did you have any support, any mentor to help you through that project? I did actually. And so one of the, the great things that came out of COVID, I think, is that meeting people, the world became a little smaller, I guess, in a way. So it was easy for me to meet people. And when I started to kind of consider this idea of a nonprofit, I started tossing it around to people that I had met and specifically seeking out people who I knew I could communicate with. And it was so easy to hop on a phone call or Zoom and say, okay, so so I'm thinking, is this feasible? And yes, it made that run a lot smoother. So I learned my lesson on that one. We all learn as we go along. Now, I, I'm sorry if you had mentioned this before. Are your students now online or are they in person? We have been back in person since August of 2020. Okay. Um, and we are now about half and half because some students are still choosing to be online 
and some we we tend to work with a lot of students who have learning difficulties and also because we work with all ages we do tend to have a lot of younger students as well and for them, the online just isn't as productive and so we still have the in-person option and we're in illinois and texas for the in-person oh very good very nice i was going to ask you you know you, you taught in la uh, as a science teacher so i mean it's, it's easy for you to talk science to students yeah, I'm sure you have to look for other uh, tutors who, who teach, whether it's writing or, you know, other subjects that they need to get into college or, or do well in high school. So you have a network of tutors around the country uh, teaching specific grades, I assume, it's, uh, specific subjects. Yes and no. So yes, I have a network of tutors around the country, but I specifically seek out tutors who are able to be more of academic coaches. And so it's not just one subject, one grade, because my clientele um, tends to seek instructors who help them across the board. They, again, we look at things holistically. So while they may be struggling most in math, they also have, you know, concerns in other classes because there's underlying issues there. Right. And so I do seek out tutors that have a very wide background and are able to kind of help with anything. Do you get into uh, SAT or ACT prep? Oh yes, high school entrance, the college entrance, and even the post-grad, like the GMAT, GRE, LSAT. Very, and nice. very good, very, very, uh, very wide breadth, if you will. Uh -huh. Yeah, I always just say we help students of all ages, all abilities, all subjects. And people say, but what subjects? All. All, all of them. Yeah. All, <laughs> you know, so literally. Nice. That is Come so at me with anything. Every, I got a tutor for you. Right. That's so against every business principle mm -hmm. because they always they go yeah. deep, to go deep, to go deep. Yeah. So get a niche for yourself. But I think that that's my niche is that come at me with anything, <laughs> I can help you, <laughs> you know? And so I have what I end up getting is that parents will come to me repeatedly with all of their children because they know it's a one-stop shop. You know, they can come to me no matter what the need is. Good, good. So how do you stay, since you are so broad, and I know you surround yourself with obviously very good people, how do you stay current in, uh, you know, education, which is always changing, pedagogy is always changing. Um, so how do you stay abreast of all those changes? It's a good question. Um, I still tutor. I'm running the businesses and I still have students. I think that's very important for an educator to continue to educate, even though I'm taking on more of a role of teaching the teachers right now, I still have my students I work with every single week kind of has my ear to what's going on. And I test out certain strategies with them. And when I see it works, I then share it with my tutors. Hey guys, I tried this and it worked. I also um, have a lot of schools that bring me in to do presentations for students and for parents and for their staff. And so that's great because it ends up becoming not just, you know, the way I present is more of a conversation. And so I share my expertise and my experiences, but then we have discussions. And so that helps me understand where are their pain points, where are they struggling and how can I assist? And beyond that, honestly, social media is a great place as well. Mm -hmm. um, Facebook is a place where a lot of students and parents tend to air their grievances. And so I'm listening to them and trying to find solutions for them and be able to help them in ways that maybe other organizations aren't willing to. 
So I think that's part of the beauty of your program is that you still have your hand or your foot in the classroom and still have your ear to the parents. Exactly. Yeah, that's excellent. What is your most, we, as teachers, we all have uh, the most memorable moment that we treasure. What was your, would you care to share what was your most memorable moment that you said, ah, this is why I'm here? I've had so many. <laughs> um, gosh, I've had so many. So as a classroom teacher, I remember I had a student tell me, your class is the reason I come to school. And that was very powerful for me um, because getting the kids to school is often a challenge. Mm -hmm. I, as a tutor, I've had so many moments. I had one mom one time where I told her, your child does not need me anymore. <laughs> She's completely self-sufficient. And the mom told me, you're cheaper than therapy. And <laughs> calm and she loves sitting with you and I thought that was really funny <laughs> really is how I try to approach it is that we're trying to just bring the fun and the and the peace to learning again and um that recognize she recognized that and then now as a business owner the feedback I get from my tutors about I have never felt so supported in their teachers. You know, I've never had so many resources given to me or I've never received any training like this before. And I, I can't wait to use this with my students, even in my classroom. Um, that kind of thing gets me excited when I can even inspire the teachers to, to, to love their job even more. Mm -hmm. right. Very good. Well, um, now Maria was a teacher of gifted for many, many years. Oh, okay. My background is in insurance and financial products. And every once in a while, Maria will bump into somebody she taught, you know, 20 years ago and say, <laughs> and they'll say, you really changed my life. And, you know, thank you, thank you, thank you. And I, I often has to, have to tell Maria, you know, no one has ever come up to me and said, thank you for that insurance policy you saw Aww. 20 years ago. So well, consider yourself uh, uh, lucky yes. or, or more than lucky. Right. But, uh, right. Yeah. And you so, know, one of the interesting testimonials I get is a lot of my students come back and ask if they can tutor for me. Oh, cool. These are students who hated school <laughs> and now they loved school so much they want to now teach others. That, I mean, that's like the best pat on the back I could get. Yes. And they make the best teachers they because do. they've been through everything mm -hmm. and, um, you know, they can look at different ways of presenting. I love that. Mm -hmm. Well, before we close, I want to thank you, Lindsay, for spending a half an hour with us and, and having us pick your brain about tutoring and uh, resume building and such. And uh, is there anything you want to talk about before we leave that we haven't touched on? I'm a really big advocate of using any opportunity you have to explore uh, interest. And if this is something you're considering you know, as a potential career, find an online course in it, attend a lecture, look for a YouTube video, like really seek out to try to understand what that topic is and see if that is potentially something worth pursuing. Um, we waste so much time doing things that don't matter. And there's just the world out there of things to learn. And you really can't tell if this is something that you really enjoy unless you do it. So mm -hmm try it and do it. And if you don't like it, who cares? Try something else, you know, but at least you try it. Mm -hmm. right. And if someone wants to get in touch with you, what's the best way for them to do that? 
So my main company is called Worldwise Tutoring. So worldwisetutoring.com. You'll see a ton of resources on there for students and parents and educators, plus all our social media links. And then the nonprofit is educateradiateelevate.org. That's a lot. So you can also just do eretutoring.org. It'll take you right there. And you'll also see a lot of resources and our social media handles. Right. Great. Well, thank you so much, Lindsay. It has been a real pleasure. And I love interviewing teachers because we can tell, uh, you know, we just light up when you talk about students. And I love that sharing. So thank you so much for uh, sharing that with us. And for our listeners, I want to thank you all for being here for another wonderful information session. And uh, we will see you next week. And I'm Maria Geffers. And I'm Tom Geffers. And we will see you again. Thank you so much. This show has been produced by Market Domination, LLC. To discover how you can have your own show completely done for you and turn it into a real published book and become the authority in your marketplace, go to www.marketdominationllc.com slash podcast offer.